you don't like changes, but changes are sometimes necessary, so I am your new host. I sound kind of like Siri, kind of like that uh, woman from her. You know, the movie. Yeah, what am I supposed to host? A true crime podcast. Well, bollocks. (laughs) Uh, Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get up. What do you want? Wow, hey, hey everybody, happy happy new year. <laughs> she tried to replace me. Can you fucking believe it? I did not pre-plan this. No, is it obvious? Is it obvious? Is my, my doppelganger here? <laughs> the same height when I'm sitting. But that is not the funniest thing about this cutout. If you're not joining on YouTube, please join just for this episode before nothing else. But I would love if you subscribe and follow me there. Because... <laughs> First of all, I have never in my life been this skinny. I have never been this short. Well, you know, I have, but not like at this age. But my ma- most bizarre thing are the fingers at this cutout. Just look at those fucking fingers. They just don't look normal. They do not look like human fingers. But I love this cutout of myself. Of course, it freaks me out every time I step into the room. This year has already proven to be super weird. I think Alejandro got it for me because I am British now. I know, right? Yay, with this accent. I know, I can't believe it either. Or it is because I've been podcasting for a year. Again, yay, how are we here? How are we here without just me listening to my own voice? I don't know either. But I'd like to think that he got it for me as like a second host, you know, so that I don't just speak into the Ethereum and speak to myself and, you know, have that visual for you. But that, you know, I can actually kind of have a companion to like bounce off jokes with. She can't speak though. She's a fucking cutout, okay? What do you expect from me? And the weird smiling me. Or maybe he got it for me to remind me that, hey, I used to dress up sometimes. I used to be skinny and this. I used to dress up and go out and have a life. I think like that might be what he was leaning towards. We'll never know. I could just ask him. <laughs> you know, I chat with him every day on WhatsApp, but we'll never know. So, happy new year. <laughs> Wow. A bit of housekeeping before we start this brilliant, brilliant year that everybody has unrealistic expectations for, and I will not go into them, but yeah, we are here. There's not many changes that are going to happen, you know, this bitch definitely ain't taking it away from me. I mean, mostly because she can't speak, otherwise I'd love a doppelganger to come in and just let me have a week off or just edit shit for me. That would be great. Hey, are there any doppelgangers of me out there? I mean, this voice ain't too hard to pull. You just need to sound Eastern European as shit. So, yeah, uh, the only change that I wanted to introduce because I was like, wow, why did this never occur to me? Like, I've done 52 episodes. But hey, hey, let's not reflect badly on the past. Let's just focus on the future. <laughs> That's the spirit. Wow, did you take that from like headspace.com? From now on, Every episode, I'm going to give myself an extra bit of work. Fuck me if I know why, because I'm fascinated by it. Because, you know, I'm fascinated by languages by now. And because this podcast has a name of an expression. And I kind of feel like people expect it to be about a certain expression. So for now, every week, before we dive into the case, I'm going to start putting timestamps again on the the cases. So, you know, you can skip that part if you're not, you know... Not doing well. <laughs> it always sounds so pretentious when you say, you know, if you don't want to gain knowledge in that area, you know, I mean, wow, you're lost. But 
from now on every episode and that's 52 episodes a year so in 52 episodes you might be 52 expressions richer because we're gonna talk about expressions you know how i had like a whole s minisode yeah yeah now we're gonna talk about expressions in every episode it's an expression per episode and i tell you a bit about the history and why do we say it so hey you can you know vote for the cases there's a google form by the way it's somewhere on twitter or just in general on the link tree form and yeah you can now vote for what expression you want for the next episode winning okay cool wow trying to say that in one breath to keep this part short the other bit of housekeeping what was the other bit of housekeeping oh yeah i wanted a recommendation are you really <laughs> trying to like get it in 60 seconds i'm trying to do a tiktok thing like yay listen recommendation recommendation is this channel on youtube called observe this is a must see like to the point that hey i'm putting it at the beginning of the episode instead of diving into the case so this is a must see it's called observe just type in observe he'll pop up if you've ever watched lie with me <laughs> lie to me, my lie with me. <laughs> lie with me. So, if you ever watch Lie to Me, which is a super underrated TV show, watch it if you didn't. <laughs> if you ever watched, you will definitely like this shit because you're into the same thing like me. Also, listening to this audiobook called I Know You're Lying and then watching this observe thing because I'm kind of obsessed with these things. And that is, well, body language, right? So, well, I Know You're Lying talks about speech kind of patterns and how can you pick up somebody's lying from what they're saying and then observe is focusing is this body analyst like focusing on interrogations he's doing everything from like youtube apologies which again is super funny it's just like hey james charles you lying i love it he's not doing that he's like proper serious about it but like there's amanda knox there's princess diana like there's different cases there's obviously uh john benet ramsey casey anthony like all of the cases where like he just literally breaks down interrogations one by one he's like okay this is what this means this is what that means and i'm just like i'm obsessed oh britney spears as well yeah because i covered britney spears so there's like her videos and like you know is somebody making her do it like picking up on everything like from her hand gestures to like her facial expressions that is a must see because obviously if you listen to this podcast and me break down certain things you will probably like that okay now so i breathe out and move on. So the expression of the day, wow, you won't believe this, but let's begin. The expression of today is what? By all means necessary. Yeah. As everybody knows, the actual expression is by any means necessary. That is like the correct form of the expression. But then, <laughs> but then for copyright reasons, and uh, just, uh, you know, mostly copyright reasons, <laughs> but also because I butcher expressions, this seemed appropriate. And also because my husband said it is by all means necessary. I was like, okay. And then you just colluded in my head. And now this is the correct expression to me. But hey, I thought, what a better way to start the podcast than actually tell you, hey, what is the story behind this expression? And the story is that the phrase was first used by an intellectual called Franz Fanon in 1960 at this conference that was titled Why We Use Violence. And his quote was, We see, therefore, that the colonized people caught in a web of three-dimensional violence, a meeting point of multiple, diverse, repeated, cumulative violences, are soon logically confronted by the problem of ending the colonial regime by any means necessary. The phrase was later used by another French intellectual, yes, you're correct, Jean-Paul Sartre, in his play called Dirty Hands. What was the play about? Fuck me if I know. But... <laughs> 
The quote from the play is, I was not the one to invent lies. They were created in a society divided by class, and each of us inherited lies when we were born. It is not by refusing to lie that we will abolish lies. It is by eradicating class by any means necessary. I put, he was right. <laughs> Genius. But the expression really picked up in 1963 and entered the popular civil rights culture through a speech given by Malcolm X. And Malcolm X was the American Muslim minister and human rights activist who was also popular during the civil rights movement. And he said, We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being, to be given the right of a human being in this society, on this earth, in this day, which we intend to bring into existence by any means necessary. <laughs> Usually the expression is used by politicians or intellectuals in civil rights movements to leave open all available tactics for the desired ends, and that includes violence in a lot of cases. So, you know, just by saying by all means necessary, you, you are a proud member, first of all, of this podcasting experience, you're a proud member of the BAM community, but also... I'm just so glad that I chose this expression because it's always used to fight for humanity by all means necessary or hey by any means necessary if in my in my um <laughs> what was the name of this podcast again? <laughs> yeah by any means necessary no by all means necessary is the your podcast name oh my god have you have you forgotten how this is done you've had like a week vacation which have you forgotten how this is done after a week vacation, I blame it all on this cutout It's all, it's great. Alejandro, you've done so great for me. I don't need therapy no more. I've just put all of the guilt on this representation of me. Okay, okay, okay. Don't move now. Moving on to the case today. Today we're going back to my roots. Roots. The topic of the month are lottery rigs. This year I kind of thought like, Sort of following, you know, the, the couple of last month's pattern where I'm like doing one light month and then one super heavy one and, you know, kind of switching back and forth because, yeah, well, after a heavy month, you kind of need a break. So, hey, last month was heavy, but this was actually the topic this I designed for December. Hell knows for what reason, because I'm just interested in it because I'm like, why do people rig lottery? Like, wh what are you doing? Why rigging a lottery? So, hey, I hope I provide some answers. But yeah, I'm going back to my roots. I'm going back to Serbia because this interests me a lot. This particular lottery scam. So first, a couple of facts. Let me hit you up with certain facts. Because what you need to know to dive into this case, it's, it's actually a really short and sweet case, but it doesn't make sense unless you know, well, sort of the main reasons like why people would do this and for that you kind of need to go a bit into Serbian mentality. So lottery as you know is popular in many countries like here in the UK people also play it like every week see somebody's stuck in like taking a lottery ticket every fucking day at the off license. Not every day I don't go to off license every day but you know when I do go for my ice cream everybody cares so much so much about this. But in Europe, there is a lot of countries with like substantial unemployment rate. Actually, let's do a survey right now. This is not Europe. This is just in general. It's a multiple choice question. What is the country in the world with highest unemployment rate? A. Lesotho. B. Provinces in South Africa. And C. Provinces in Palestine. Do, 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 do. Time to think is up. It is in that exact order. So it is Lesotho with almost 23% and then the other two are kind of like similar in the 20 plus percent, which I think is just wild. But then Europe isn't that far off. 
Again, quick quiz. Who is doing worse, Greece or Spain, in the form on the scale of unemployment? You had time to think about it? Wow, yeah, that was a split second, sure. So Greece is doing worse because it has 15% of unemployment, and then Spain has 13%. In Serbia, it's on the smallest of the declines, in declines 0.05% since 2018, and in 2019, it was at 12.69, so almost the same end as Spain. And I don't know if this happens in like other countries in Europe, but this is one thing, like, just to put it into perspective for people, because I feel like this topic is the equivalent for people back home as the weather small talk is in the UK. And it's truly the one topic that's so widespread within generations. Like, when I go home to visit, there's not a single conversation that I have with somebody that somebody's unemployment doesn't come into picture, whether it is that friend, whether it is like a cousin or a family member, whether it is like grandma and stuff, like there's no conversation where it will not come in some shape or form, like where, you know, you're just chatting with somebody, it's like, oh, well, you know what the state is in the country, or like, oh, well, like this person is this much, or like, well, I don't want to work as a waiter. It's like in some way, shape or form. So it's truly like enrooted as a problem, obviously, because the unemployment rate is so huge. But I don't think like people understand like until you actually put it into perspective because here in the UK it's like wow weather and stuff like and only now during truly like the recession with COVID is that people are like well people are losing jobs and I'm like yeah <laughs> it's like having the same conversations with people now it will be like most common back home and in terms of facts again to put into perspective for people you know here you would see people across like every age get maybe a lottery ticket or just buy it online because then that's even more private. It doesn't look like, you know, you're buying it from the off-license. But I wouldn't say that people spend as much money as they would back home. So in Serbia, like, people spend between 500 and 800 RSD. So that's a month in dinar in our currency. So that's, I would say, like, four to seven pounds, which, again, you're like, wow, that's, like, super cheap. You spend four to seven pounds. That would be, like, price of, like, a lottery ticket here. But for us, it's it's truly not. Because the average is actually spending from between 6K and almost 10K, again, in our currency, RSD, annually. And the average salary back home from what I think I remember is 30K. So just imagine people are spending almost a third of their salary. That would be like, that's just to again put it into perspective, like let's say an average salary here for somebody is a thousand pounds. I think like it's probably more, but let's say, you know, humor me, it's a thousand. So it'd be like you spending annually 300 pounds just going towards lottery, just going towards a perspective of you having a better life. Because I think like when you put it like that, People in the UK would probably spend £300 onto something else, whether it is online shopping, because, hey, it's an addiction, or bets, gambling, like, if thinking about that, well, lottery is a form of gambling, but I don't think it would, in the UK, go directly to the lottery. I don't know a single person that would spend £300 for lottery. Probably there are, probably there are people that play it regularly, but I don't think it's as much of a problem, like, let me know again if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to, like, sort of compare and contrast. And, like, obviously, back home, that's so much more of a difference because it's technically a third of somebody's monthly salary that they're spending on it. Whereas here, 300, if you are, like, on 20-something thousand a year, wouldn't 
be on that mark. Like it wouldn't be there at all in comparison to like what percentage are people actually investing in some form of gambling, really. Something that interested me, and again, like making a comparison, in the UK, for example, the National Lottery is funded by a operator called Camelot. So they are the ones, they are the fund that is responsible for distributing 40% of the funds raised for good causes. So that's roughly 23 pence of every two pounds spent on a lottery ticket. So that makes sure that the money goes to local projects like arts, environment, charity and heritage. Then 12% is taken by the UK government to cover the lottery duty tax, which again, wonderful, another tax. Uh, while the operators of the Camelot Group receive just 5% of all ticket prices, sort of like a commission. Of these funds, just one is classed as profit, while the rest covers the operating costs, so for the lottery to operate. And ticket retailers take 40% of ticket prices as commission. However, in the UK, from what I could find, <laughs> again, it makes me a bit worried, because obviously I'm searching for articles like in my own language, and I have read like a law on freaking luck games or whatever you want, on games of chance, I think that's how you translate it. like luck games, <laughs> literal translation. I would nail it as a translator. <laughs> it's like luck games. So yes, of games of chance, like, and I'm just like, whoever created this law was created it in like some Shakespearean Serbian. So I asked my friends, I was like, hey, so where does the money go? Who, who funds this? And well, the consensus from like what I read versus my friends is that it's only funded by... There's no like common fund like here in the UK. It's only funded by the purchase of the tickets. What interested me in particular is in this case that we're talking about today, nobody won, right? Where do those wins going? Like, are they going back into you know the next cycle, or is the company that's organizing it, like the operator, taking all of that money to themselves? Because that's the part where I'm like, that should be the part that is made super clear because it's not going like in the UK to good causes kind of thing so it just either goes into the next circle or somebody else is taking the commission and it's not really clear anywhere. So what you need to know is that gambling in Serbia is overseen by one sole regulator and that is the Games of Chance administration. I think that's a better translation or luck games. Let's call it luck games. And here, well then, what you need to think about is the second problem that comes to mind when it comes to something like a rig, especially a lottery rig back home, and that is the second part of the equation, which is corruption. In Serbia, like, corruption is still pretty prevalent, and anti-corruption laws, like, it, I think they have improved through the years, but again, there's nothing that I can find here, for example. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, if you want to read through the laws, hey, it's in the sources, but I can't find, again, something like this, where in the UK it's clearly stated, like, this percent of the lottery winnings is taxed like this, it goes here. Whereas in Serbia, it's like, hey, we don't know what happens. You win money, that's the whole point, and people are still hooked onto it. But in terms of actual corruption, I was kind of surprised. There's this corruption perceptions index, again, online somewhere. And UK is actually doing a lot worse. It's like 12 in the world. And I was like, mm, how? Maybe that just means that they're investigating it better. I hear with the corrections corner, because obviously I had to triple check, because that didn't make any sense. So Serbia is 91 on the list out of 179 countries. Basically, it's all in reverse from what I said. So we're doing pretty badly, actually. 
because it's like 91 out of 179 in the last place, and doing the worst is Somalia. So UK is actually doing pretty well in the 12th place, because you want to be number one. And number one place is Denmark. You win. You're not corrupt. Yeah, that made more sense, didn't it? So just before diving in, now that you have those two concepts of why people would even buy lottery tickets, and usually actually in Serbia it is people over the age of 40 and those who are retired that are mostly like the target group for the lottery tickets. Another thing from the luck games law that I have pulled out and haven't translated in English because I just love to torture myself is that it's forbidden. And again, I love that this is in law. I love that this is like contractual. I think it's probably everywhere, but I just love that this is more of a European and like as in, well, in a European thing. And that is that it's forbidden to the employees to basically get any bribes. So as it says, like, in form of presents, provision, borrowing, like anything literally that you can think is like named, listed here. It's like, just so we are clear, there are no lines to be read in between. And they're also forbidden to financially support the players, which I'm like, well, you they're playing to get the money. So mm, that kind of, yes, does count as bribe as well. And one other thing that I took from the law that I think is useful, there's so many things that are written, I'm just like, who benefits from this? Why are you not telling me what's actually of interest? Like, where does the money go? Like, give me something. And that is about the machine, so about the automatic machine. And that's basically that they have to have a paper that documents that the machine is functional before actually delivering it, which will become crucial once we continue talking about this case. And if there's any change, if they need to do like any technical work on it, again, they have to deliver like a paper confirming that it's functional now, why do they have to do it, what has been done. Let me just run you through how lottery is played. Well, this is how it's played back home. I think it's how it's played here or anywhere just in life. So in every cycle, I did not, I'm translating this because I just copied pasted it in Serbian, genius. So in every cycle, you choose from seven numbers, and then you have a live event where, you know, they have like that machine thing, and the seven numbers pop up, and if you chose them in the correct order, you win the main prize, and then you know, you win lesser and lesser amounts of money, depending on how many numbers you guessed correctly. And to ensure everything is done correctly, you have like three syndicate people as judges, kind of just observing everything, and you're going to check a video with me, like, in a second, but you see, like, kind of in the top right corner, when something is distributed live, it needs to be a live broadcast, and to ensure that the syndicate people are not biased, two of them are named by the lottery of Serbia, and the third syndicate member is named by the Ministry of Finances, is that how you would say, the money people, the money ministry. So let's dive into this, and I know I'm gonna get hate from like people back home, but hey, you're gonna watch the same video and you tell me what this is. Because I think, again, from reading the comments and checking multiple YouTube videos and this, that the consensus back home is kind of the same, that this was a rig. I don't think anybody doubts it, I just think people would rather know, well, why didn't people have maybe consequences? Spoil it all, Maya. Spoil it all before even fucking diving in. Okay. Let's do the intro, the usual intro, remember it? We've done it a week ago. You should remember how the intros go to this podcast, so let's do it. In 2015, the numbers appeared in the wrong sequence during a live lottery broadcast in Serbia. The police investigated the matter, but to this day, everybody has gotten away with it, by all means necessary. What motivated the rig?
completely normal behavior. Let me know if the cutout triggers you and I will remove it. <laughs> so let's watch the video and then I'm gonna like run you down as to what is happening while watching it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's only 40 seconds long. Okay. So first things first, when you come... Um, <laughs> I'm the realist. First things first, I'm the realist. <laughs> When you look at this screen, you see Uživo in like the top right corner, which means live in Serbian. You're learning language, learning expressions. Truly, this podcast teaches you everything but how to live happily ever after. So basically, they announced already three numbers. And now is when it gets interesting. So as you can see here, immediately, the fourth number was supposed to be 27, but the screen shows 21. And then, well, it immediately shows the fifth number, which is 27. You're like, okay, this could be a mistake, but then watch further. Because what you see, again, on the screen is the gains. So how many people guessed the number so far correctly? And that gets screwed up as well. I think like she was definitely not only because you can see her being like, uh, pardon, excuse me, like getting really confused. So she's saying basically we have like 28 people that have guessed five numbers correctly, but the fifth number is yet to get out of that machine. So again, the screen is kind of confused and is not telling people how much they gain. So how do they get the number of people that have guessed five numbers if we don't know what the fifth number is? Maybe they were just psychic, but then I watched this guy. Basically, I'm not going to play everything. I'm just going to put a screenshot on and then I'm going to translate what's in the screenshot because he literally <laughs> did math. He's like, the guy is great with numbers. He just did probabilities of like, what are the chances that somebody doing graphics, that somebody just, you know, putting these numbers on the screen has just guessed on the occasion. And he said that at the moment they were about to get the fifth ball out of that machine, there were 35 balls in it which makes a chance for somebody to guess that number 2.86%. So they were like, yeah, if we are playing the guessing game, the probability is really low. So <laughs> what's happening here? He did math. Okay, don't make me do that math. It's like 35 numbers. And then like, what are the chances that, you know, it will be 21 coming out next? But then also what happens, and it's not interesting to play, but like I might like include it here, like on YouTube, is after all the num these numbers are taken out, she gets confused even more. And then all of the numbers that show on the screen are 27. So it shows like 27, like seven times. And then it goes back to like showing them as they should be shown correctly. So I'm not sure if that is done to kind of justify, you know, the graphics mistake or if there was an actual mistake. However, I mean, what are the chances that those numbers will be shown within seconds and then those exact numbers are going to come out in the opposite order and then they won't have the sums of money that people have earned correctly displayed on the screen as well? If it's not a rig, tell me how can you guess how many winners are there for like five numbers when nobody actually released the fifth number out of the machine going super into detail on this fucking bizarre thing which is super simple and what's important to know is that nobody won one million on that night so what happened in the aftermath of it i don't think that the broadcaster was in on it just because she did get like from what i see 
on her face again. Hey, I might send this to to the observe channel, to the guy that, that did lie to me and everything, to observe her facial expressions and tell me is she bluffing it? Is she lying? Because hey, just imagine he's like, why, why, why am I watching this Serbian shit? Like, well, guess it without the language, guess it. <laughs> Challenging body analysts. But obviously, State Lottery came out immediately and denied fraud and blamed the incident on a technical mistake. However, the company had Alexander Vulovic immediately resigned, and he said it's because of a moral obligation. It's like, oh, I'm just like so shook that something like this could even happen, and I could not find fuck all about this guy online. Like, it's not even a joke. Like, it's only related to like the articles about this incident. Since then, I'm like, where are you working? What are you doing with your life, mate? Because I can't find what you have done before, which is also concerning, but I also can't find what you have done after. And the further investigation into, obviously, this syndicate, like this commission that was looking and observing this, because there's like, as you remember, three people that are sitting and observing and are doing fuck all as this is happening. Well, they gave a statement and they blamed it on the person that was in charge of doing the graphics, so like making the numbers pop on the screen, that said that he just made a mistake and he put 21 and well, just 30 seconds later that number did come out of the drum, so they were correct. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, it still sounds like a prediction, but yeah, sure. Also, the president like of this commission, of this syndicate called Dubomir Škoric, said... Uh, that obviously he didn't see any reason to stop the game, like to stop it from, you know, being shown live. To be honest, I think like if they stopped the live broadcast, that that would be even considered even more suspect, because then we'd be like, well, why is stopping it? But I mean, I'd rather they question it then and there than everybody getting away with this shit. And he said, I understand that somebody would find it odd that this happened. But to me, with this much experience in this job, that's nothing, this isn't odd at all. Again, translating on the spot, skills, skills, skills. As I said last year, you don't have to be multilingual to to enjoy this podcast, but it helps. (laughs) And then because this cunt said this at the press conference, everybody laughed. I'm like... What do you mean? Like, I have so much experience and this is nothing odd. Like, there was no reason, absolutely no reason to stop the show. Like, well, clearly everybody else and the police investigation and the guy just resigned think that there might be some reason. Like, why did nobody win one million? Why did you know how many people won certain amounts of money before those numbers were shown? Hmm. Yeah, what was what was that in the graphics? Like, nobody addressed that part. It's like 28 people had like five balls correct and it's like four balls in the screen. You're like, okay, are you, are we good? <laughs> like, it's like, you're predicting everything now? Of course, our president, Alexander Vucic, came out to, to say that, hey... <laughs> He said, like, he's taking it seriously, of course, and this is slightly less bad than catastrophic, but it, it's still pretty disastrous. <laughs> That's, like, the translation of the quote. I'm like, so, like, how are you, you know, what's the balance between a catastrophe and a disaster? How are those two completely different things in your head? But sure. And he added that the police and prosecutors are doing their job, and if there was an offense, they, they will respond, and, and that for such a breach of trust, somebody needs to be held responsible. And you guess where this is going. <laughs> you guess that this was just an empty fucking claim. So, of course, during this investigation, because we truly wouldn't be, and this is so innate to me, and it's also such a part of, like, well, probably genetics as well, and how I was brought up, but also 
the mentality back home, and that is that I'm only recognizing it for the past couple of years. There's a transfer of blame. It's immediately like you look for somebody else to blame. That's truly like who I'm as a person. And that's actually so interesting because I'm discussing it with a friend who is Spanish and they also have like the same problem. So she recommended me the book called Four Words for Friend, which is done by this Polish guy and it's named like that because Russians have four words for a friend depending on how close of a relationship they have with that person, which is like the coolest thing. But basically what Spaniards and like Serbs do the same is this transfer of blame on... It doesn't even have to be a person. It can, like, be a third party. <laughs> so it's pain just to understand what I mean. When, when you're just, like, sekayo, it's just, like, it's a spell. I had nothing to do with it. Which, in technically, in Serbia, like, we have the same thing. It's just, like, paloje. It's, like, it just fell. There's no subject. There's no, like, hey... I let it fall, like, I made it fall, I made the action. I just find that, like, to be super fascinating because I'm a fucking language geek. But also because it is so rooted in my mentality and it is relevant to this case because they immediately transfer the blame to Croatia because the software for these graphics, so, like, the software that was making these numbers apparently just pop up, was provided by the Croatian company called Nirvana. But when newspapers looked into it, they said that, like, this is not some complicated shit, like, you see it on the screen, you know, there's probably more complicated, like, software that can be produced there. So there were never, there was never a reason for them to import from a party, and that this particular contract actually cost 100,000 euros, just, like, annually, just for them to be able to use the software for the lottery. However, they also said that now the lottery is kind of dependent on it because, well, it's what it's used, so it's not as easy to like terminate that contract. So they've kind of just forgotten about that avenue, even though they technically transferred the blame again. It's like, hey, it's not us. <laughs> again, like that guy, my experience says that this mistake is minimal, and then they just pass it on. So you might wonder, what happened? They investigated, hey, the president said it. When the president says it, our president is super serious, okay? Don't you fucking touch my president. <laughs> Don't you go for our president. Our president is like the most serious president of all the presidents. When he says somebody's gonna pay for it, somebody's gonna have consequences, and he says it on live television, mm, nothing happened. <laughs> Nobody wins. Nobody was charged. It was only that guy that resigned, which again doesn't really isn't really seen as him suffering any consequences. He just resigned. Apparently they questioned everybody and they didn't find that there was any mistake made. So people were quite enraged about this one, to be honest, like from everything I read on like forums and comments. But so it might not come as a surprise that there was another event when this has happened a couple of years before 2015 in 2012. Uh, this is the only thing I have for background, by the way, but it's just like, wow, this is interesting. And this just ties it to the intro of the corruption and the unemployment and what happens when something like this is not regulated. And in 2012, they... Okay, so for this, to understand this, you kind of need to at least a bit understand that there is this television show that's pretty famous. Well, it's one of those television shows that's kind of like broadcasted and rebroadcasted forever and ever at like 8 p.m. <laughs> I don't know why I said 8 p.m. like I know it. Yeah, it's called Taste Nakoja or like... Tight skin. 
And on this show, at some point, this actress kind of like predicted the numbers to the main character and predicted the combination for like seven lottery numbers. This backdates to like 1987, but a lot of people still use it as like their lucky combination for the lottery. And in 2012, well, this particular combination has been released. And again, the probabilities of that are kind of insane for somebody to just release the seven numbers that were once predicted in 1987. So people were like, oh, here we go again, when it happened again in 2015. So why? Why do rigs like this happen? Well, I kind of had a read for a couple of days this week into white-collar crime, because really there's nothing more to this case. Nobody wins, nobody was charged. So why does white-collar crime or just rigs of this happen? Who benefits from it? What the fuck is this behavior? And with white-collar crime, what we need to think about is a few things. And one is, first of all, the distance between you and whoever you're trying to scam, whoever you're trying to rig, whoever you're trying not to give 1 million euros to. In this case, any ticket holders. Obviously, you know, there's a couple of levels of difference. This is kind of like Hitler and Nazi propaganda, not comparing this to it. But, you know, it's done by ticket retailers. You get your tickets. Like, it's just somebody sitting in a syndicate, you know, while people are watching on the television. There's, like, a physical barrier. So you don't feel as much harm if you are scamming that and putting it into your own pocket. Also, it's what you tell to somebody, because it's not like this happens every week, because then it will be suspicious. But if it happens, you know, and, like, you can kind of sell that it's a mistake, you know, it's a software blaming it on this other company, and it's a one-time thing, that you can now be like, well, look at this. Clearly, doesn't happen, didn't happen, like, as often. It only happened this one time. Clearly, somebody might buy it and buy, might actually buy it. It's a mistake. And then, again, you don't feel as guilty because you're saying to yourself, it's only a one-time thing. Another common motive when it comes to white-collar crime is that this disregard for the law, and this is kind of where I'm leaning towards the most. Because again, as I told you back home, and as I explained in this story, there's always that mentality of like transferring the blame to somebody else. And there's always that connotation where like, it's nothing special because everybody does it. I mean, I feel myself because I am from a country that's kind of, you know, it isn't stranger to certain things where it's like collecting bribes or, you know, bribing like a police officer if they stop you over where it's just a commonality, that the common belief is that everybody misbehaves, everybody does it, so why would I feel guilty? Like, I don't feel guilty of, you know, taking this money of the people, I don't feel guilty for not paying the consequences, because everybody does it, so everybody should be in the same pot as I am. So there is this study that has been done in 2016 by Gorsira et al., and the study showed that the public officials and business employees who perceived higher benefits of corruption, so stuff like financial gains, excitement and pleasure, and lower costs of corruption, so basically lower levels of detection, they would never get detected, and a less severe punishment, were more prone to engage in corruption. So again, this as I told you, happened in 2012. So three years later, they were like, well, we got away with it. Why wouldn't we try it again? And it will probably happen again and again because nobody paid for the crime. The president didn't own up to his words and nobody, there were no consequences for anybody involved. And I found this super interesting because I was like, okay, so how would in a country like Beckham or like 
well, actually, we are not doing actually that bad compared to other countries. There's about 80 countries before us on that corruption list. So how do you introduce this anti-corruption? Because as I told you, during this research in the law, it clearly says that the employees shouldn't be offering bribes to anybody participating, shouldn't be receiving bribes, shouldn't be getting gifts. So obviously, it's already in the law, so they should be familiar with it, they should be following it, because they're like on the syndicate, they're the judges. And they're organizations that kind of try to embed it into the social norms of the company. For example, saying in this organization, people refrain from corruption, or trying to embed it into codes, or if you're thinking about submitting oaths or doing contracts. In Netherlands, in particular, um, there was this financial crisis that resulted in the introduction of oaths for bankers to sign. And that is done on the premise that these commitment strategies are built for people to commit to behave ethically. So it's kind of like a herd syndrome. It's like if you see somebody behaving ethically, then rather you'd start behaving ethically because you have signed the same oath. And there are rewards for you as a whole team to behave in the same way rather than, again, on the opposite spectrum, is getting away with it. It's like, everybody does it, why wouldn't I do it? So if we were to reinforce that on the positive end of the spectrum, then we'd benefit from it. And the crucial part here is when you're taking this honor code, this oath, that it's done in the presence of others. So again, you are all on the same page. You're all taking these normative motives and are all as a team motivated to act in line with this promise that you have made. It's kind of like the oath, you know, the medics take. So like, you kind of all want to act great as doctors and there's reward in that because then you can be the best in that, like you can be seen as doing something positive rather than again twisting it to the negative side of it where it's like, hey, bribery is common here, it's a commonality, we're all getting away with it, what's the problem with it? So it's reinforcing this honor code, but not just for yourself, but reinforcing it in front of others. So that's it for the Serbian lottery rig. This week was like short and sweet one, although I probably turned it into like an hour. But yeah, probably the next two ones, you know, unless again I find <laughs> shit ton of like a certain expression or or like, well, giving you a perspective of that country and how is lottery played in it. They should be probably even shorter. It's like short and sweet this month and next month. We go straight into like... I already have a plan. I'm I'm torn in between two equally depressing topics because February is for something started with F. I see a couple of crimes that might start with F and they're all messed up. But till next week, if you want to let me know what's what's wrong, <laughs> what's wrong in the kingdom of Serbia or like, you know, if you have any opinions on this or if you have read something and you actually know more about this case and I have missed out, you know where to catch me. Come hang on the socials, on that damn pod, on Twitter and Instagram or flick me an email, podbehem at gmail.com. You can do it directly through Instagram. I know, wild technology. If you can also, I'm not pushing this hard enough, and I definitely should be. I'm doing visuals on YouTube now, so you can watch all of this, you know, while I'm talking. If you're not, you know, doing laundry, or just like scrubbing your toilet while listening to the podcast, you can actually enjoy the visuals and see this wonderful background and this great, great cutout. How are you doing, girlfriend? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> So you can join YouTube, BAM Podcast on there. The links are always below in the description because you're all lazy bastards and it's great. So you can go there and then put in the comments any future cases. What do you think about this one? Interact. We go and we hang. We hang there. If you want to support me, you can also get the merch. Look at this beautiful hoodie. I need to be more intense like that, telling you where to follow me and what 
do you know how to support me? I need to start implementing that because I forget, you know. I like disconnect. I'm like, I'm so immersed into this case. But also, until next week, what you gotta do? You're going to your next Zoom call, unfortunately. I know, trust me, I don't wanna do them either. We got so exhausted for a year from doing nothing, from literally just sitting on our asses, on our couches, and joining Zoom calls. And we're like, this is so exhausting. I have just checked the camera and I'm like all red in the cheeks. It's like with the progression of the video, I got like redder and redder in the cheeks. It's not the heat, it's the alcohol. At least I'm white. If you never knew, if you never saw my face online yeah, and you thought this voice would belong to somebody else, no, I'm, I'm white. And before you join that Zoom call this week, or while you join it, if you know you have a really liberal <laughs> group of people that you work with, you go to your roots this week. You truly go to your roots. And I don't mean like, wow, go back to your country, clearly. That would definitely never come out of my mouth in like a serious sense. Or just in any sense, really. It's such a dickish way to think about life. I think if there's any year to kind of like regain that passion, regain that like vim, that energy, something that will drive you forward, it is this year. And it's super small. It's as small as adding an expression and reading a book about languages. And how people used to get executed because they couldn't roll their R's in Spanish. And that would totally be me. Because I just can't. I just can't. I'm so sorry, guys. I fail you all. I can't roll my R's. But for you, it might be that you actually love your office job. And then it might be just connecting to the roots of like reminding yourself why even though you're exhausted, this is why you joined the company. This is what makes it special for you. Or if you are like me and thousands of other people and you actually hate it, then thinking about what gets you for your shifts. Like, what was the driving factor? <laughs> what are you binging on? Are you binging on me? Is it my voice? Is it me? Yeah, if you go to your roots and realize it's me, definitely hit me up. That'd be my minority of people, Maya. Wow, but wishful thinking, girl. You and your cut-out <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> you and your cut-out past you and future you are always there for you. All right. We've gone mad. I have gone mad in the past couple of months. So you go mad and you go back to your roots. And find one thing that will make you happy when you do it every week. And trust me, no, going joining next Zoom call is going to be much more beautiful than it was maybe a week ago. Can you keep it short and sweet at any point in your life? <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. That's just not who I am. I'm a long-form girlfriend. <laughs> I have been told off for it so many times, but I will never stop being your long-form girlfriend at every job. <laughs> When I type up emails, when I type up last story views, people hated it and loved it. I was the dissertation queen, long-form queen. All right, long-form girlfriend, it's time for me to give you the first, the first one motive at the time of the year. So here it goes, here it goes. <laughs> here it goes. Silence, please. Everybody, listen to me very carefully. Happy Monday. Enjoy your motherfucking Monday. I'm here for you every Monday for a particular reason and that's because i hate them so i'm trying to make it better for you every monday and you in return what you do you keep making the world a better place one motive at a time <laughs> bye fuckers all right all right play play bitch ring it